Hello and welcome back to Rocket Pod. On today's show, we're joined by James Potton. James, in early on his life, was a professional windsurfer, youngest of seven, and has got a very unique skill set actually implementing processes and tools to scale businesses. He did this with Eco Surety and Environmental Consultancy and scaling to 12 million turnover and 50 employees. He's chaired various charities and helped scale other businesses and in the last couple of years has uh, founded Amplified where he works closely with entrepreneurs and business leaders to help them simplify um, their lives and implement these processes, proven processes and tools to help them scale their businesses Uh, and really I love the way he frames purpose and and objectives and really helps free up these um, entrepreneurs and leaders to spend more time on the high value things so yeah really uh, delighted to have um, him on the show today James and I have known each other for a little over a year and his thinking has actually really helped reframe how I run my business welcome James hey James good to be here nice to see you so um, as I just mentioned, James is the founder of Amplified and Amplified works with uh, busy entrepreneurs uh, to reduce complexity in their lives and helps them put process and tools or provides the, the tools and process to effectively scale their businesses. I met James probably about a couple of years ago on LinkedIn, actually. It wasn't that sexy of, of, a, all of a meeting, but there was something about James that kind of stood out to me. Um, I loved his growth mindset and I, I really like his his different approach to to, to life and to, to business uh, and we got talking and we've since uh, you know kind of grown a, a relationship and and I've um, you know he's really helped uh, me and my, with my entrepreneurial journey so I'll tell you what so J- James he scaled a, an environmental consultancy company called Eco Security uh, from you know a couple of employees or no, no employees to 50 employees and turnover of 12 million um, and and held both operational roles and also uh, was the managing director for um, a lot of that tenure. Um, and but I, what I'd like to do before we kind of go into the business side, I'd like to go right back to perhaps um, your you know where you grew up, uh, what was your childhood like, uh, when did you first get interested in in business? Uh, would you describe yourself as an entrepreneur? Maybe you had some entrepreneurial experiences early on um so yeah so can we just go back to your upbringing and and kind of what drives you you know because you're a very driven individual um but again you like to simplify so could you kind of take us on a bit of a journey there james of course great great we'll we'll do james um yeah it's really interesting just to answer the first question uh uh, regarding like being an entrepreneur i i didn't call myself an entrepreneur or think of myself as an entrepreneur until more recent years probably the last sort of five years even in 2016 after like exiting a business I didn't it hadn't been a name that I'd associated with myself almost thought of myself more as an entrepreneur but um so just just interesting as I've um gone on my own sort of journey with growing businesses I've realized the tools and the methodologies and the approach that I take you know are entrepreneurial but hadn't considered it so yeah, look, going right back, grew up in the West Country, um, little little town in Somerset, um, you know, next to a farm, uh, had like, you know, a chicken farm and and they had sheep next to us. And, you know, I actually ended up, you know, by the age of eight was got into showing chickens myself. So that was just like, that was, that was the, wasn't the cool thing to do, but it was the thing I ended up doing. And I think probably my mum realised that uh, 
that wasn't going to sort of help me um, in social circles. So uh, she actually ended up, we, she won something called the Thousand Club and you get 500 quid. And we, mum used that to actually buy a windsurfer. So we got into windsurfing. I couldn't do it around the, until I was about 10. I tried it like nine, 10 ish, like maybe 11. I got, I could actually lift the sail up and go along on it. Um, and, you know, my chicken days were behind me after that. I basically started to, um, uh, I just loved it. I ended up doing a race and, and winning it, a local regional race. And then by the, by the age of, this is about 13. And by the age of, uh, by the end of that year, I did a national event and won that. And the next thing I know, I was in the British youth team. Um, and that really was, a, that that now looking back was an incredible opportunity to like start working on mindset. So we had a coach and, and unfortunately my coach had, um from back then I got in touch with recently he's just passed away but we we've actually been we've been talking like um back and forth um the last sort of three or four months and he was saying look you had you were getting the same coaching as Ben Ainsley like we were all uh, uh, the RYA were coaching all of the coaches across all of the disciplines in the same way so really interesting to hear that because Mm. you know that was uh, that was just you know you were, you were taught to think about what was happening on the board, what was happening on the course, who you were trying to beat, like on the course, um, you know, what was happening in the weather systems, you know, there was all this kind of like, wh- where, where are you in your thoughts? Like, and, and shifting, like your, um, shifting the, the position of your thinking. So that, that was, that was the start of that. Um, ended up uh, running the windsurf club at y- university, creating the student windsurf association, on you know and ran the biggest windsurfing event in the uk off the back of my credit card with like you know, oh, wow. three grand like put onto it you know 500 plus students turn up um you know in in, in autumn in, in weymouth and that was um you know in just i didn't i still didn't think of myself as an entrepreneur super weird all i was all i was doing was trying to get a group of people together to have the same fun that we had when we were at university that was our sole kind of thing and it was you know all not for profit um create the student kite Surf association um and then yeah and basically the journey i was getting frustrated as an engineer had had some good opportunities with honeywell and had been out in um paris um la um where else i've been in munich uh, uh melbourne australia so they sent me around but i i was i sort of felt like i wanted something more in my entrepreneurial journey um and yeah a friend from uni had just sort of started um the environmental consultancy um and he's you know said look i think this is going to work um so the, when when i joined it was about nine months after it started and th- three of us basically in it um, yeah, and we went on, on a journey with that to grow it to, to 50 people over 12 years. But the first six years, we 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 struggled to retain and to 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 get staff. It was just this really difficult. Um, we, we were very kind of task orientated um, and just came in, sat in our desks, got our head down, got our work done, went home. There wasn't this. We didn't really create like a real kind of bond between us as a team. Um, and we we ended up getting um, well finding a non-exec who came in and really helped us um, with our thinking um, about how to create um, almost like you know a board that is something that tethers us uh, uh, to, to what we've said we were going to do. Um, also bringing in uh, sort of a sales coach as well and creating a commercial mindset. Um, and also you know to be honest, 
starting to work on the values of the business, why, why we were, existed, what we were trying to create in the world, um, you know, what, what was our sort of promise to our, our clients and, you know, the whole thing about sitting on the other, sitting on the same side of the table as them and not on the other side sort of auditing, all of this stuff came through and it was all of that re- really, you know, um, kind of fired m- my thinking in, in later life. It's funny, everything you look back retrospectively and go, Ah, so that what was that's what was happening. Um, so yeah, and, then, and you talked to, you talked a bit about well, what was it that sort of fired me or, or drove me? I don't. I'm from a family of seven, um, uh, blended family. So it, it, it's, it's you know that's there's a there's a lot, a lot of roles already taken on the youngest. So oh, youngest. So uh. yeah, I have you know there's a sort of like there's a there's a peacekeeper role a bit in in that, but also it's. Um, yeah, I, I could also look to, to my siblings and see, you know, what what they they done, what worked, you know, what didn't, what hadn't worked, and yeah. they took took a lot from that. That's really interesting. So um, I have to ask you this. So back to the chickens. Do you <laughs> see any any similarity between chickens and human beings? As far as, <laughs> <laughs> um, the and personal then, question. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So. um so yeah so you can answer that in a minute and then second observation you mentioned that this coach of yours what was your coach's name the your uh chris 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 okay so chris sounds like chris really had a big impact in you early on um and actually i didn't realize you're a windsurf champion i knew you did kite surfing and i want to talk about that a bit later but um so and i and i like the way that you hit it was the board the weather who are you trying? Who are you competing with? You know, what's the objective? And it's that mindset um, and that positioning. Because I think you know, you asked me a question. You know, I don't mind sharing it um, eight months ago or so, and you said, you know, it doesn't have to be a struggle, or it's almost like, you know, you. It's like, what are you trying to achieve? Uh, so, so it sounds like that really impacted your. So the chickens, <laughs> whether that's you know, <laughs> shaped, <laughs> shaped your your direction, your trajectory. But then having someone in your life, would you say that Chris was uh, was one of the most influential people, made, made one of the biggest impacts, uh, or, or did it come from your family? I guess it's probably, yeah. Yeah, it's a really interesting question because, you know, my, my, my dad is unfortunately no longer with us, was a real, um, he reached like the highest level in engineering that you could get without having a university degree. So he didn't ever get to director level, but was a sort of troubleshooter that was put into mm. Um, parts of the business that weren't performing and he would turn turn them around um, he, he you know he it wouldn't necessarily align to some of the modern day thinking in 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 like leadership and management but he was willing to go into a team almost find the ringleader that was like bringing that team down uh, and and challenge that person mm. um, and that to some extent everyone else kind of falls into line if you're willing to to do that he also you know had a role that he would observe before making his his move so he said you need to you know in, in this day and age everything everybody wants everything like instantly but you know he, he 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 used to say i would wait three months before i really started making big changes i i mm. wanted to see what was happening in that team and you know because what you first think is happening isn't always what's really happening you've got to get beneath it so mm-hmm. um you know you know so mum and dad you know mum has given me that kind of she she, she you know that first to travel to explore the world you know was taught me to windsurf when she was you know 45 or you know nearing 50 or whatever wow. so she said so there's there's definitely that but look the, the the thing we've been in the british youth team with chris i feel very 
you know grateful and, and just blessed to have been like in that situation where I had somebody who was getting me to think in a different way and again on reflection it was about 28 finding it hard to really lead that the 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 role that I had in the in in the, the environmental consultancy and I sort of thought back I was like oh you know like you know 10 10 sort of 15 years ago I had a coach and um so maybe I need a business maybe I need one in business so why is business any different to, to sport you're ultimately you're trying to get the you know and this is a philosophical point about like business as a leadership I see a business as a team not a family like a family is complex and it's not always possible to make the decision that you want to make because of the complexity within a team you want the best players on the pitch and you want the people that are um who have stepped up who are willing to um make it happen and you do need the choice to 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 substitute and so on you need but you also need to you know there's a lot of trust like when you look at great managers, they have great relationships generally with their with their team. So um, what, one thing that I did take from Chris is where you set your goal. And the, and the biggest mistake I made was that my goal was to get in the British Youth Windsurfing team. And when I got into it, th- that goal was achieved. So I didn't perform as well as I think I could have at like Europeans, championships and so on, b- because... I, I didn't set my goal in the right place, you know, and that, that, and to be honest, did we really unpick that with him? I think we started to unpick it, but by that time, you know, I decided my path was to go, you know, to university. Um, whereas, you know, others in the team, two others in, in the team, one has continued on and done very well. Um, you know, another, you know, has still ended up sort of in the industry, but when I work with like business leaders, where you set your goal is everything, you know, because if you set your goal, and this is why I love OKRs because OKRs objectives and key results is about setting a goal that's out, you know, a North star needs to be well out of, you know, triple horizon, well out of reach. And an objective needs to be, if you hit 70%, then you've done really well. You've achieved what you wanted to, because you've set it further than it's just out of reach. You know, it's 70, you could, so it's really key this. Um, and that's, you know, that, so that I would say that that is something, the biggest thing I took from, okay that's okay that's really interesting on the goal setting piece because something that i've actually wouldn't say it's something that i i'm trying to guess get my head around so i i'll make a promise to myself on a on a particular objective and and then find myself not you know not quite reaching it maybe maybe it's that 70 percent thing um and then feeling like i'm in this failure loop because i don't get everything done I get close, but not, I mean, obviously some things I, I, I smash and that's fine, but the, you know, some other bigger, bigger goals and, and it might just be, so I, I kind of um, started thinking about a desired outcome versus a goal. Um, but I think it, having the mindset that, okay, 70% actually you're um, you know, you've done, you've done well, so you can kind of give yourself a bit of credit. Um, and I think it maybe it's that, it's that glass is, is half full mentality. But I think understanding that actually seventy percent is amazing. I mean, most politicians get elected on just forty percent or so. Fifty-two um, percent. I was at fifty-two percent. Okay, well, I knew it was okay. <laughs> no, no, oh, yeah. well, well, it depends how many yeah, people are running. But yeah, bring um, but... yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's kind of interesting. So your so your relationship with okay, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about your. You've already touched on it. Your relationship with goal setting, some of the pitfalls, which I think you just touched upon. 
Um, and, you know, how do you develop a, a healthy mindset when it comes to goal setting? Or do we call it something else? Look, it's a brilliant question because uh, destination obsession is, is, is real. You know, it's, it, it's actually, it can be really problematic. Um, and, I, you know, if I'm being frank, 25% of the conversations I have with, with, with founders is often where like, it starts with we're going to be the next Google. And, and um, it's a really, that's hard, right? Because there's this seven trillion dollar company. Like it's, it's the, not many companies make it to, to be the next Google. And I, you know, I do believe in having like aspirational goals that get people out of bed in the morning. Um, so that, that is really important. But um, I mean, it, we, we start to go into like team, team dynamics, high-performing teams, that type of discussion, then you, you sort of have to connect with well, what actually motivates your team and, and, you know, different people are motivated by different things. So there's, you know, EMI sort of schemes, share option schemes can be a motivator for someone to feel like they're, 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 they own, own something or part of it. But, you know, actually sometimes people's horizons are, are shorter than that. And it, and it, and it can be a, kind of profit share or even like flexibility in how they're working or having having uh, a, a day off or being able to do something that's um with a charity that they care about or there's those other things than necessarily just money and um, i mean i amplified is i started off with amp which is autonomy mastery purpose i think it's um uh, uh, dan pink so that that model is if you take money off the table then the thing that ultimately motivates particular roles. Um, so it it's not like factory production line as such, but like where there's cogn- where there's cognitive um, kind of energy needed, then autonomy uh, in the role, mastery of it, and a purpose that mm. drives people is is what um, what matters. So going back to the seventy percent is a is a is a celebration. I think. You should always have champagne moments, and the and the point that that a team says this is where we want to get to. I work in quarterly rhythms. Personally, I, I've done that because I think as human beings, we're sort of, you know, not not everyone has seasons on the planet, but like a lot of the planet has seasons, and we're sort of used to this kind of seasonality of every three months. You know, we we take stock, reflect, move forwards. Um, the first thing I ask, like the leaders I work with. If you've set goals and I try and help them sort of create these rhythms, wh- how are you going to celebrate? So, you know, you, you set these goals, but where's the fun? How, how are you going to celebrate at the end of this? Um, and the way, you know, do it with a bit of sort of tongue in cheek, but the way we we wouldn't have done this on a quarterly basis necessarily, but we did have like we had we were launching a new product and it was a, a six month slog. And uh, we um, are the way we like set out the how we'd celebrate is if we hit this level we're going to go to the dry ski slope if we hit this level we're going to go to Milton Keynes indoor and if we hit this which is you know 100% then we're we're, we're going to Andorra as a team so it's you know yeah, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. it's doing the same thing but like at different levels different levels it, mm. um you know and look you know the, there's also the reality that skiing isn't for everyone so we don't you you end up with sort of like some compromises in there but just that concept of um trying to think what we would where we would have set it but maybe 70 percent was you know get going to um um to to the dry ski slope and and uh and 
Oh, it's difficult, isn't it? Like, sh- should you reward not hitting a target? Well, the t- I, I knew how hard the team were working. So, uh, you know, probably 60%, we, we would have gone to the dry ski slope. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it's that kind of thing um, that people people worry about targets and running business by numbers in that it becomes boring and that it, um, it takes all it takes away sort of like the fun and creativity and it's not like the good old days of when it was just a few of us. Um, but if you want to be able to create re- repetition and a high quality, things have to start to be documented um, and you have to start to like understand what works and what doesn't work. And when you make a mistake, have a, a system and, you know, I, I advocate checklists and um, creating sort of standard operating procedures in in checklists and in video format. Um, having that, um, we're just going through B Corp um, at, at, the, at the moment, and there's loads of things that we don't meet, but we can very quickly tick that we do meet it because we take the thing that it says we've got to do and we put it into our um, checklist for, our, for for that process. Yeah. So, you know, supplier onboarding, check what their environmental credentials are. Suddenly, we can very quickly... Um, we can very quickly uh, uh, change behavior in our team if from the top we say we will use, you know, checklists just to make sure that we um, create replicable um, processes. And just to sort of frame why I believe in this so much, just finished um, a module that's been working through with people on the, the Catalyst program. The team that um, effectively I left in 2016, um, the, the sort of core team that I was working with was about 35, um, you know, 12 mil turnover, roll the clock forwards five years, 2021. So there's another photo of the team put up on, on, online. And I've kept in touch with, the, you know, quite a few of the team, you know, really high respect for them. I think they're like 20 mil odd plus now. So they've increased oh, the turnover. Um, and yet there's 80% change in the team but the process is solid but the process is what's allowed them to bring you take you bring new people in new people leave but the process is documented which means that you can change to the people um but if you've you've still got the the core and the heart core foundation and actually so shortly before we we joined the the interview uh james and i were talking about um some of i guess james's superpowers if i frame it that way so James, um, in his um, well, in his career, has taken an idea and then put the processes around that idea and to execute upon that business and scale the business. So that's what James brings with Amplified. Um, and like he said, he works with leaders to help them, I guess, declutter and simplify and just put these lovely oiled processes together to actually get to their goals faster um, and I think that is a particular skill set so just on that subject can you talk a bit about your experience working with visionaries um, and some of the challenges that come with the you know I guess the visionary and the integrator um, I, see, I think is it Seth Gordon that talks about that the that book Rocket Fuel I don't know it's something that yeah, something yeah that kind right. of resonated yeah. with me because I, I realized I was a crazy ideas visionary guy and actually that's why I wasn't necessarily so good at doing the stuff that you do so it's almost like I I really respect and admire someone with your expertise um because that, that's a you know businesses need that that structure and that organization 
So can you talk about yeah some of the opportunities and challenges um, just in your experience working with um, crazy visionaries and, and how <laughs> you can kind of how 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 do you make that work? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah, maybe maybe not not crazy. Not, that's not the case okay. all the time. But like, so I'm um, thinking about the, speaking about myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, it's it is a um, that it's to some extent become a little bit of a sort of stereotyped expected um, way of being like to, to, to be look an entrepreneur, especially like a visionary entrepreneur um, sees something that other people either haven't seen or other people have been unwilling to sort of step into that space and, and, and create it. So they, they already have something in them that is, um, that is 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 you know unique and it's not this doesn't exist like that that switch or that that spark doesn't exist with, with everyone on the planet so it's a very um just just that step in itself is to some extent incredibly incredibly brave or incredibly stupid like probably a bit of both and so <laughs> when you when you kind of you know get into this you're like okay well there is you have to almost not there there has to be a uh, disconnect with almost uh, caring or not or, or choosing what voices get in to tell you what you should do it can often be the case that um a, a visionary is um internally referenced uh, rather than externally referenced so as soon as a uh, entrepreneur or visionary um so the 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 ideas come can come from within like an inner belief that this is this is right and this is what they need to do as we know in in business user research uh really understanding like what the customer needs and really drilling that is where real key insights come from so the first step of creating it then um becomes to some extent less effective and they need to get out of the way and let people that have a different mindset who are more externally referenced and are willing to like listen to the the the, the client base and understand all right what 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 really is working what isn't working and what's what's happening here so um that's why i you know i i work with this profile uh, personality profiles get a bad rap but hey at least it's the conversation to say that we all um are we we all have like different ways of approaching things is the important discussion point um so uh yeah so like so i've tended to work with visionary um so really inspiring um like business partners um and i've tended to be like the person who goes okay right i can i can sort of see what that vision is but how do we actually turn that into an executable plan how do we actually turn that into something that um that the team want to go and solve and look the, the biggest trick in this you know personally has been let's let's you know put the stake out there and then to some extent like as long as your team has the capability and is trained get out of the way and like like let them work out get on with it. how to get there i do that through planning processes divergent convergent planning processes where the, the that whole team the core team in that build that plan together because if you do that you're far more likely for that plan to be executed if everyone's like you know concerns about whether it is or isn't achievable are heard so yeah so you know done that hundreds of times it's, it's what I, I do very early on when I work with with uh, a, a, any leader because um or, or any team because it 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 is people 
long as it's a safe space and and it's really interesting i've, I've worked with some leaders who, who seem like quite uh you know they talk they, they talk quite I, i'd say like a sort of fierce um position like when they speak to me directly but actually in the team they they are there's respect there's often respect there um so even if it can it can feel like they've got a bit of a, a hot head um i i generally see teams being willing to say what they think because that like ultimately it's in the interest of the team to solve to, to get that to work because everyone benefits so okay that's interesting so could you talk a little bit about what for those listeners out there that don't know what divergent planning is um can you kind of walk us through very quickly what that is and you talked about being in a safe space and i i I understand that as that leader needs to be willing to kind of pull out the all the not the skeletons in the closet but basically all the things that are going on behind the scenes because there's that obviously part of their job as a founder is to you know provide this image of everything's great and this is where we're going and um but underneath the hood um they're obviously they they could be in turmoil but so could you talk us about um what that process looks like um and uh yeah and, and what what the um the objective is yeah um so like it, in summary our schooling system and you know to some extent business rewards us for having the answers and getting to the answers quickly um okay and we get used to that and uh, look especially like personally as an engineer used to just like solve the problem solve problem solve problem solve i think as einstein you know he said like if i had 20 hours to solve a problem i'd spend 19 on the question um so in a divergent conversion planning process, what I'm trying to do is to get people to sit uncomfortably with the question for longer. So it starts to expand like the options um, before, you know, gunning to, to, uh, to an answer. If you look at uh, design thinking and like the double diamonds, it, it, you kind of go through that twice. You go, you go through a double um, divergent conversion, divergent conversion planning process so um you know i've overlaid a few different models in the way way that i do it but ultimately what it's doing is to go right sit with what could to some extent what could the world look like what what, where would you like to be what would you what what have you have you even stopped to think why did why did why did i start this business and is it is it still like serving that original that original kind of like vision because most of the time it isn't it's you know suddenly the business wants more and more time the team are getting pissed off with like the the um shifting in strategy um home life is getting harder because you're not spending enough time at home because the business does demand so much time of you so you get caught in this it's a it's almost like a control need you get caught because you're trying to control everything you get caught as a as a sort of founder in trying to serve everyone and in doing so you serve no one and so especially not yourself i say look first off trying to get people to to think about themselves you know the auction mask on themselves i do life will early on and just say have you got balance in your life um in the program yeah and so divergent convergent planning like means that you you work out what where you want to be you look at the reality you know what are the capabilities can we do that um, then ideation around well what is um 
if, if there were no constraints, what would be possible and how would we solve all of the, the sort of challenges around the reality and, and capabilities and then create an actual action plan? And <laughs> so many times I've seen this, the, the sort of process run where the action plan isn't like implemented and then holding to account is even more important. So, so how think of how many meetings you've been to where you've walked out the room, not really understood what the, your, your actions were. You turn up to the next meeting, no one talks about the meet, the actions from the last meeting. It's always about the new, the new, the new. So mm. that accountability piece is, 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 is absolutely key. Um, and just going back to schooling and to some extent work, rewarding us for having the answers as a leader what happens if you are the one that has all the answers is you create a team who rely on you to have the answers and that will never scale beyond you so it's why I when I I do weekly calls with the founders and CEOs I work with we we go through a process where you have to ask questions before you give answers um I think it's, I think it's sort of based on a sort of exper- experiential learning model. Um, Can you say that again? So you have to you have to ask the right question before no, you. No, I have not the right question. You have to ask questions that get the person. We we call it being in the hot seat. That get the person in the hot seat to really define whether their what they thought was the problem is a problem, and also start to explore whether they've thought about things from different viewpoints or different angles. So um, what, what this, the skill that I'm trying to help like leaders create there is it, rather than getting really good at like answering problems in your business, get really good at answering good questions because you'll, you start to develop a team around you who, who will, answer, will, will not need you because you, you break the dependency on you having all the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which then frees you up to focus yeah. on the more high value things i guess exactly and and there's, there's yourself an, there's also <laughs> like a human need to be needed and 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 for significance and and you know it's a you know it's a difficult thing to hear but we, our our behavior is is leaders and it's especially i've seen it quite a lot in visionary leaders is that they're really good at flying in with their cape on and solving the problem with the T, that behavior, just just the behavior of flying in and solving it, I mean, the team start to get used to you doing that. By by doing that, the team will not solve problems because they know you're going to fly in and, and with a cape. So mm-hmm. the day that you don't fly in, and obviously you need to pick your, your time when you do it, but this is why, to some extent, you know, in sport, you've got 90 minutes, 80 minutes on the pitch, um, you're not always on the pitch. You, you need times when you're in the training ground where you, you the, the team suddenly realise you're not going to fly and where it matters less. Like uh, and and to start to get them to build, you know, the the, the their, their their ability to to problem solve. So it's that's interesting. It, it and this isn't always. We're talking about quite big cognitive shifts. So you know, speaking to someone who's like involved with with cedars they they recognize sometimes the most likely chance for a, a business to um to be successful is when the original founder is willing to take a slightly different role um unless they are able to go on that sort of that 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 journey um 
but you know the companies I'm working with at the moment like you know if the, we work in bands so you know one to ten ten to fifty and then over fifty there's like different models you need again so um in the, in the sort of one to ten stage you, you you can help them and this is where the integrator comes in you can help people that are visionaries try and find someone that does enjoy creating the systems and the processes and turning it into executable plans so you allow the, the visionary to be more of the outward person if they're fundraising they can go and do more of the, the thing that they're really good at and that's what happened in our in our in the in in the environmental consultancy i stepped into the md role my um my business partner was able to be sort of free to be more out there like you know doing MA like deals and so on and the team were then able to like get into, you know, it's about getting the right people on the bus and then the right people in the right seats on the bus. Yep. That all happened. And we went from 2.8 to 8.9 mil turnover in one year. So mm-hmm. that, that it, it is so much like potential locked up in business by not, and it's never realized if you don't get this bit right. I think this would be a good segue to introduce our sponsor Flexi. I'd like to take a moment uh, to introduce you to our amazing sponsor Flexi. These days we have multiple subscriptions from streaming services to gift boxes and much more. Discover Flexi's unique subscription marketplace sourced from independent British brands, from organic beauty products, cocktail kits and responsibly sourced coffee to plant-based meals, gift boxes and much more. Whatever your passion, look forward to a regular box of joy delivered straight to your door. All easy to pause, cancel or resume in a tap or two from one single dashboard so give flexi a try it's free to download from the app store or head over to www.flexiapp.uk that's f-l-e-x-y-a-p-p.uk now back to our guest that's really interesting so it's funny because i had um so one of uh, well I, I was he's not an official advisor so i i kind of look at him as a a mentor slash advisor slash friend. I'm always hopping on about the, you know, have the right people on the seats of the bus and, and all of that. But then it, it, just talking to him, I realized that actually I might have been putting myself in the wrong seat. I mean, okay, I'm a founding CEO. Um, I got the business um, to a certain point, but actually, you know, I'm really good at sales. So, at, you know, in hindsight, would I have been better off putting myself in a, a sales director role almost like de- not demotivate not demoting myself but actually just focus on that and then have somebody and I and I almost kind of realized that a bit you know I may have waited a bit long for that um as an example so absolutely right for me to start things and and be that founder CEO but maybe just kind of migrate from that position I, I don't know I mean you know there, there might be two sides to that uh, but it's kind of recognizing you know what your superpowers are I guess and um, but as a leader, it's yeah, it's kind of interesting. So I kind of resonate with me. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's that capability piece. You know, I, I think sort of skills assessments are, are really important. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's you know, this and is recognizing. Whole, yeah, it's the whole thing about working in and on the business, right? So it, it's very easy to say I want this output, but what it takes to get there, it, it, it isn't, and it isn't just having the product and the the sales team. It's there's so much in you know who who do we need to get external consultants in is this something new how do we train up our team you know are we going to hire you know um from within all these types of things are who owns this i i generally 
I generally believe like from a you need ownership around delivery um if it's if it's too vague um so you know in society we tend to build around um in in individuals you know we understand that as like a prime minister or head of state or whatever it is we understand we sort of tend to build around people and and i think you need champions of um projects and 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 ideas to to really sort of see see it through um I like the kind of, to some extent, the matrix. Um, it, it, it can get, can get complex as a model, um, and you don't need to worry about it when you're, you're 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 too small. But I don't know if you've seen that diagram where, like, if you've got two people, there's two lines, if there's three, you know, like, and you keep going, and suddenly, if you get beyond, and this is the pizza rule, right? If you get beyond seven or eight people, there's so many lines of communication, that you have to change the style of communication. So mm-hmm. it can't be one to one to one to one. Has to be one to many. You need intranets. You need you know platforms. So this is why if you have if you can't get that sort of system in place or it's things are moving too quickly to be able to like share that information it's why it's you know the pizza rule was very well known out of silicon valley they they don't get a bigger team than the um the size of a pizza so they can they can all share a pizza when they're working late into the night trying to make something happen that's that's interesting so if that's similar to the the lid. So um, John Maxwell talked about it in his um, book, The Twenty One Laws of Irrefutable Leadership. He talked about that everyone has a lid, and um, you know you need to delegate. You know, otherwise you're you're going to cap your growth. So it's almost like unless you and and I guess having the right process in place and this, but it's also that 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 culture, that mindset. So I give another bit of context. So I'm a I'm a parent. I've got three teenage daughters, um, and my wife and I, Mandy and I, are really big on teaching our kids how to think, not what to think. You know, I mean, I grew up in quite a religious household um, and I was basically told what to think my pretty much my entire childhood. And, you know, I've got, an ama- got amazing parents and they're lovely and I've got, had a lot of amazing emotional support. But it's a, you know, I guess every generation of parenting, you know, you, you probably parent the opposite to what your parents did or you, you, you try and give your kids what you didn't get. Um, even if you had it pretty good, like I did, you're still, maybe that's how we evolve um but i think to your point earlier about you know rather than the the leader flying in with his cape on to solve the problems if you kind of allow your team to think at think for themselves it's the same kind of thing and then that way you're then capable of much more and then that size of that pizza i don't know or the or the, the lid will be i don't know that you can you can do more yeah look i mean yeah i really align to that uh james and the uh, I believe like, that's sort of money off the table for why people like you know go to work. I think like growth and contribution are the two key key pieces. So if either of those drop, you can st- start to f- feel like something isn't right. So if you're not growing as an individual, uh, or if you don't feel like you can contribute, or they're not getting the business isn't getting the best out of you, then that is um, that that can also be um, you know de- demotivating in itself. So um, I-, I like the concept of the sort of always burritos everywhere 80 20 if you can try and find around 20 percent of your time to to work on sort of personal development you increase like what the 80 percent is able to do as an individual so um giving your team that opportunity to to learn um i i think the planning sessions when you get a team into a room away from the 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 day-to-day that in itself like can you know changes as good as the rest that can really um 
uh, like tap into um, uh, sort of in- intrinsic motivation, you, you people start to feel like they're really part of something. They feel like they're really building um, this business, and that their their um, their, their their thoughts matter and they're being included. And uh, you know, g- going back to the time in London when I was running the design and tech school. Um, which was after like environmental consultancy. Um, I used to do quite a lot of the um, personal and professional development training. So, um, and in that, we would say to the, the students, look, you get hired for your hard skills, but you know, potentially fired for your soft skills. So you've got to work, your soft skills really matter. Um, and to the extent now when I'm doing a personal review, I do it on two axes. I do it on um, performance and versus behavior. So I look at, what is what is the performance individually and then what's their contribution to you know behaviors around their contribution to the team performance um because you can have really great lone wolves um but if they bring the team down then their their total um that they add to the, the business could be a negative if they are bringing down like five people around them so you really got to think about that like as a as a leader that what there's so many moving parts in, in a business and it gets, you know, it gets really complex and it also allows for really, um, because it's really interesting because you get them to mark where they are on this, this graph, you, you mark where they are on this graph and the discussion around what the d- difference is the most interesting bit. Why are they seeing X and you're seeing Y, what, what, what's, what's happening. So um, yeah, it, it's um, h- how we think is, you know, uh, underpins all of this and then and then also knowing yeah knowing where you you know where you sit in that spectrum as far as the you talk about the disc assessments and the skill you know where is your skill set with it in the team um and then to have those those honest conversations with yourself yeah yeah so um it it is it is super interesting like you know when i when i work with people they kind of say i wish I knew this sooner, especially if they started to build their team. But when I speak to someone new, it's there's often it's often it's often quite difficult to. I think I think as a leader, you have to be open to the fact that you might need to to change, or something might not may not be right in the style that that I'm using. You know that it's so, and that's really difficult that that step. Um, and I remember like buying a ticket to do a bungee jump. Like I, w- I, w- I wasn't worried at the bungee jump stage. My worry was buying the ticket and it's buying the ticket. That is the thing. And that's where the, mm, that's step. where the, because it's a commitment, right? It's a point that you go, okay, I'm, I'm up for this. I'm going to go on my own hero's journey. And it's bloody scary because you're going into the unknown. So, you know, do you want to go into the unknown by yourself or do you want to like go into it with, with, with someone that's already been there? Um, so, yeah there's a real resistance because it's to some extent it, you have to become you have to be vulnerable and again as a ceo founder it, we're taught it's all about being having all the answers um you know and and turning up um being everyone's rock well it's just not realistic but i tell you i mean i believe in a world where founders can scale their businesses without burnout that's why i started amplified I, I personally have in 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 sort of the five businesses I've scaled a, a couple of not for profits in the for profits one, I've 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 got 
I've been up to the edge of either like physical or mental burnout because it doesn't matter how much you give, it will always want more. So you have to, that has to change. If that's, if it's in your nature to do that, or that's the way that, you know, it, it feels things are going, that isn't right. You know, that the business needs you to be doing all the things that make you able to perform at your best. So whatever that is like fitness, um, you know, meditation, like time with the family. It, it, I mean, there's so many leaders that haven't had a, a, a holiday for like two, three years. A holiday is a brilliant opportunity to get the team. You, you can, it's a safer way to get the team to demonstrate that they can problem solve without you there. That's a perfect example of mm-hmm. not flying in with a cape on. But if you don't go on holiday, you never give them the chance to step up and demonstrate what they can do. Yeah. I, yeah. It, you know, that, that resonates with me. So I'm, I'm in that, I mean, I think we talked about this um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, oops, sorry, my dog's barking. If anyone here, little bean, little, res- little Romanian rescue dog. Um, yeah, As, sadly, I mean, I know that COVID, a lot of folks are in this boat or, or the, the pandemic has, um, has meant that people haven't been able to go away to their usual. So they've just work, worked instead. Uh, but yeah, three years without a break for me. Uh, went away um, a few weeks ago, maybe five weeks ago. And it was actually amazing. Amazing. And it's actually helped me reframe everything. And I think, you know, I'm, yeah, it's entrepreneurship. Everything has its cost. You know, and actually, you know, no balance, no time with family. I mean, I'm literally guilty as charged. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it when we say go away, and, yeah, yeah when we say go away, I appreciate that, that it, it can be a staycation. It, it, it just, it could, you literally could, you know, go down the end of the garden. It, it just, it just, me, it just means that you're not, you're out of the, the business. And, you know, personally, I normally like pick an audio book I'm going to listen to and get loads of new ideas as as a result of being away and not yeah. at the the core of the business uh, i met a fa- i met another founder very successful entrepreneur who exited his business last year for you know um a good a good amount of money and um even though he actually said that it was a bit of an anticlimax when he sold the business so he had all this money his bank account went up a thousand times but you know he it was a bit kind of anticlimax his his me- mentality was yeah, f- um little and often and i like that like you said it doesn't have to be you don't have to go abroad it can be you know uh, it could be a, just a break you give yourself permission to step away yeah um, and to focus on the people that are really important <clears throat> um, that, just just to what you've just touched on there is i think really important as well like that uh, exiting is a, 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 a completely different discussion it isn't for the companies i'm working with we're talking about the concept of an exit but sometimes that can be just a bit more golf or not being at the core of the business or and some people do want to you know obviously so um yeah w- one has gone on that journey you know in the year that i've worked with them so it has has is you know on that exit path now um but um and for the others you know collectively they've they've doubled their turnover so like this this works like and it isn't just about hitting the marketing button it's part of it but it's about getting the right projects and getting the things that they the things that will help them get closer to where they want to get to um, doing those, the, the dominoes, you know, line up your dominoes and if each domino gets bigger, you can knock over the Eiffel tower and, and Everest. If they're not in the right order, then everything stops. And that is mm-hmm. really disruptive for the team, but exiting. Yeah. You've got to have a really good idea because you, 
the, the you know CEOs are are their business you know the founders like see themselves as their business and so it's it's a real uh, I, I met a guy on um, two things I'm like learned the most from Necker Island one was one of the guys who'd exited for like you know really really big sums he um he was the most unhappy he'd been because he'd lost his identity lost his team lost everything and as a result of exiting and leaving that and you know think built the company to sort of 800 people or something and then the next day hadn't had like literally didn't know what to do so um have a plan like i i think like uh, around sort of giving back philanthropy is really important personally uh, you know a i would um i i ended up doing that i chaired a, a charity for five years basically like on, on exit that just kept me um you know that was a it was a sort of stabilizing effect as I was changing and moving around different roles and, and trying to work out what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be in life um or how I felt, felt I could uh, could best give back um um and there's a you look know, you know I don't I don't know if you sort of got into a discussion with the, the, the guy you're on about but you know sort of fa- founders or like entrepreneurs guilt around exiting like you know having that money like what it's it's a really difficult thing so it's another discussion um but um you know that that is a um it is it's 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 very real and you know the the concept we're we're sort of fed this story of you know start a business grow a business sell a business um but if you're which is which is great but it isn't as sexy as it sounds as we all know the middle bits bloody mayhem and then you leave and suddenly you miss it. So that North, that North star that you talked about is almost like. Has to be beyond next, selling it. Yeah. That's beyond selling it. So I like, I like that idea of, you know, the, yeah, the, the North star in the distance uh, and you might have these different things that you want to achieve these desired outcomes or these goals. Um, but yeah, it, you're not, it doesn't just stop there. Otherwise. Yeah. What's your purpose? Yeah. Uh, what, what's your, what is your why? Do you have a, a, a what's your why with Amplified or, or um, I'm sure your North Star goes beyond, beyond where you are now, but um, what? Yeah, um, great, great question. Um, look, my, my, my why, it's almost the same as my original why of creating like, um, like the Student Windsurf Association was that was to give other people the same opportunity that we had um and the fun we had at university, like through windsurfing, there was no network. It was just, there was a few clubs. We came together whilst we were at university, started running a series of events where people would, you know, get, we would, different universities would go to other events. We went from about eight clubs um, to about 53 clubs with windsurfing clubs. Once we formed the student windsurf um, association and those um, presidents of the different clubs came, could, go on and learn a, cut their teeth in running a business they could come in we so we had a model where mm. they got elected into the committee and then ran the student Business association amplifies like that for me like I, i've 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 fallen into many of the the pitfalls um some of the businesses i've set up are still here some aren't you know just had loads of experience of and you know that piece about not looking after you is 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 fundamental for me. I, like so, a world where where founders can scale without burnout is 
mm. is is so important personally because it is possible um and i and it's why i start with a life wheel with when when i work with um with founders on the on the pro <clears throat> on the catalyst program because the second thing from from NECA, um amazing like opportunity to go out there we were doing business brainstorming around virgin unite with, with branson in the morning and wow it's amazing in the afternoon so it's it an amazing <laughs> experience i didn't um, know you did that it's amazing yeah and th- but the second thing so the first bit was about you know having a plan after you retire the, the second bit it's weird weird that they're all to do with like life rather than business um the second bit was about how you resonate uh, how how you um, you and your partner. So this is all about life. Like, do you on the life wheel? It's about you know how much attention do you spend to, like you know in in your love life and your family and and and, and friends and so on. Um, and uh, you know this kind of gets into love languages piece because your love language might be different to someone else's love language. I actually believe there's something there's definitely something the same that happens within business. Um, and you know that that's that's potentially another program so we all have different love languages um so working out so from, you know from for, for my my um wife sophie she um I, I know mine is service but that doesn't connect with her because hers is time so you know the way we've we've dealt with that is uh we'll watch something like after like we've eaten tea together um but then i'll sometimes drag the laptop out and like work but that's still meeting her need of like time together so just an example where you can quite quickly um like help things in your um uh, you can quite quickly meet the needs of like other people if you consider it from like what they need rather than what you would naturally um do um and yeah so the the whole going on the journey like people entrepreneurs are going on this you know crazy kind of exponential journey and like with their partners um, so there were two examples on NECA. There was one where the husband and wife were both in all these sessions and did it together, even though they had kids. They had, you know, they, they, there's, there's, um, they sort of like, you know, had someone looking after them or whatever. The other couple, the guy was in there and the wife was looking after her children. So, like, and that is so important. Like, it, it shouldn't be a zero sum game because one of the partners is doing really well that the other, d- doesn't have to you know it's there's you know in in life and in relationships it's it, it and this can happen in business as well and there's so many parallels like how do you also help your partner go on their their own trajectory um um you know and that was a, a, a one of the biggest takeaways it was like you know what it this is it's so important to to consider that and 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 have the you know just having the discussion with your partners and first step isn't it like recognizing that that even might be a thing so we always try and have a date night at least once a month around the the time that we uh the date the day that we were married so each month that's really nice that's really really nice well i think you do have um you do there is a kind of a you you build up that the, the trust piece but so you can go if if you don't have the balance you can go quite a long time by almost like in a deficit where if you're not investing in that those relationships but then it does reach a point where you're kind of really overdrawn um, and things go wrong. And uh, yeah, um, I've experienced that firsthand. Some of the, it's the cost. Um, but like you said, there is a way to actually do both. And actually, if you've got a more, ba- more balance in your life, then you're going to be your best self and actually be more effective. Uh, it's, uh, it's, but it's just recognizing that. And sometimes you have to go through it to actually realize that actually 
it's dangerous it's, it's dangerous ground um but then when you come out the other side you realize that actually you can you know you you can do both you can have have that balance well really interesting discussion i think we're we're um we're coming up to the end of our uh, our time a couple of questions so any books that you've read in the last five years that perhaps had a big impact on you that you could recommend to our listeners yeah great question um i i i often ask this at the end of interviews just to get ideas for next books um <laughs> yeah. so that's what i'm doing <laughs> yeah. so um if you if you come across the chimp paradox by dr steve peters no i haven't i haven't read that so that the chimp paradox yeah that's ha- going back to how we think you know not not necessarily what we think that that's really really powerful it's a really powerful book it talks about you know the chimp the human and the computer that all sit inside our head my wife's a psychologist so she tells me that it's based on it eden whatever i can't remember but it's 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 you know it's basically taking like something that's quite complex in psychology and, and turning it into layman's terms so it's the translation of well you've got these three going on how do you use them you've also got gremlins in there mm-hmm. so how do you how do you try and um you can't cage the trim because it just gets louder and louder you have to exercise your trim so that can literally be you okay. know in the, in the in the book it's about throwing a banana um and then running off and getting the banana like so you need to work out what that banana is for you um okay a lot of people that's doing exercise some people it's reading downtime some people it's going out and having you know big blowout obviously that can tend towards less being less effective the next day but anyway whatever it is it's like knowing that you've got a chimp in there and don't ignore it the human obviously is the um the thinking um element um but I think it's, uh, I forget, the, 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 he puts timings on how in your brain you've got filters, where does it go, what jumps in first. And I'm pretty sure um, <laughs> that you can use, like, the computer to um, hack, um, you know, the, the get to the 80% much quicker by, by having, um, you know, small processes in your head that get you to like get to the thought or get to your thinking before the chimp or the gremlins. Um, so, you know, an example would be, um, so when you're looking at, let's say you're looking at a business relationship, you're, you're looking at starting a new partnership or relationship. Um, and this is something, you know, that I think Tim Ferriss is, is, you know, like amazing at doing this type of thing of like summarizing it so he has rules stake stop and i I love that i i use it a lot so what are the rules engagement um what what are the stakes like how much are you risking in this and if you wanted to stop it how could you stop it so that is like a hack it's just like you can you, you have it in the computer have it in the background and you can just very quickly go all right so you you can look at something before just jumping in with a yes or no answer you, you, you're, you're able to like go right well let's let's define what this actually looks like what what are you looking for you know am i able to you know actually pr- provide that um and if this all goes wrong how would we we get out so an example okay. but um yeah so dr steve peters um I, peters. I think he was he was he was i think he was very heavily involved with the olympic team in 2012 um so he's in the background working again sports psychologists sports psychology and business psychology there's so many overlaps it's you know almost full circle in our discussion here i just tried to find it on amazon but i couldn't find it but i'll um for dr c peters 
I'll, uh, uh, the chimp chimp paradox yeah um i will definitely get a copy of that okay so um if you were to if you, if you could have a coffee with anyone who who would that be you never know rocket pod might uh might be able to join the dots at some point in the next decade james <laughs> uh, <no>. uh... <laughs> good one <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question. I mean, the problem is, is that the obvious ones, you know, around sort of like Elon, I, I still, you know, I just, he really, like, you know, like him or not, he's an amazing thinker. He just, thinker. he just changes. Like, you know, if you, if you, I haven't, I'm not too like fanboy about it, but like, do do look at it a bit. And like, when you, when you, when you see some of the discussions, like he has hot tubs with his brother and they just like, you know, chew the fat and then they end up deciding that this is you know, probably a simulation, you know, and it's just really interesting <laughs> stuff because things tend towards points. You know what I mean? Like in the world, it's interesting, you know, Amplified for me is about tending towards helping people because, you know, actually really one of the most important things to learn in the world is, you kind of have to give to get type thing. So if you tend towards that as a um, trying to help people in the world will um, in turn, you know, help you, you know, I have share, smile, learn on my doormat. Like when I come into my office here, like it's a thing that's like, you know, you know, sharing knowledge and understanding is, is, is like so important. And, um, you know, smiling through it, we've got to have fun, and then we'll learn as a result. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. look, I mean, I think Elon, it's really interesting. Like, the, 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 a child's brain has way more neural connections than an adult brain, and, it, and it's about yeah. the, um, it's about rem- what you remove, not what you add. So, learning is the subtraction, not the addition, and, and mm-hmm. ultimately moving from sort of knowledge to understanding. So, I, I think, yeah, I, I, it's unfortunately, it's a, it's a, a very expected response, but I think with Elon, he's and I and I I really I to be frank, I don't expect it to be a, a very enjoyable coffee because I'm pretty <laughs> sure he would. I don't think he'd want to be there. You know. But, you know, with Branson, it was like just nice. It was just it, it wasn't like a weird. But Bran, like Branson comes across to me as someone you know. It, sure, he, he you know he have his faults, but he, he sort of comes across as someone who is you know he writes everything down he's always he's always he's interested like in you i don't know if it would be like that with elon but um <laughs> but you know, know. So that, elon, would, be, that's that good. would be my response and i don't know what i'd ask him to try and understand like how he thinks but um i, I he, he's someone who's trying to um you know they, the people talk about like making a dent in the universe i kind of think like human beings need to take the dent out of the universe but anyway um okay. we've made a big enough dent as it is but he's someone who's like interplanetary habitation that's that's big thinking right he set his goals yeah really amazing cool. well no that's 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 awesome um and um just finally uh, if you were to give some advice to our listeners there's gonna be a mix of entrepreneurs there's gonna be you know we have quite a young listener audience as well what what advice would that be and it, or they could be a budding entrepreneur or a budding leader make time to reflect so make make time to try to understand what's what's happening like just just don't just keep hammering away and going and going and going just like take a moment to stop breathe and ask yourself what's really happening here and, and even to the extent in, in a meeting that that's really important like you know 
But we used to teach our, we created a graduate recruitment program um, to bring our student, uh, graduates through um, in the environmental consultancy. It took about 15 through that pr- program. They were like some of the best people in the company. And we get them to like, we're very early on, we say, hold at least 10% of your brain capacity back in a meeting to work out what's happening, who's talking, who isn't, who you need to engage, mm. um, you know, who's the most important person that like in that room that you need to get on side. It's, it's you know, save a bit back to, to, to think beyond. And, you know, again, it goes back to the, the windsurfing coaching, really, uh, you know, where's your mind? Where, where, where have you, sort of, where is now? in your mind mm. that's really good advice excellent and and where can people find you so um yeah, yeah well i go online uh, um, you know linkedin do a lot on there uh, james potten uh, amplified.me is uh, the amplified website and you know i have jamespotten.com as well but um you know, amplified is the main uh, the main way to to get in, in touch and uh, got ways to book in uh, with me or one of the team and email address and phone number so Okay, and you've got the bandwidth to take on other entrepreneurs that are looking to um, simplify and scale their businesses. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it's it's why I built a program because it is scalable. You know, it's it's something where I, I've I've taken all of my learning, turned it into an eight module program that that people can do over you know eight weeks if they wanted. Um, but some tend to do it over a bit longer. But you know, it, it it's there to. To, to basically have a download a bit like the matrix of like these are all the things that it's it's a mini mba it's like these are the things that i found that really helped me scale my business so it's kind of written when in the around the 2.8 to 8.9 period what did we do and how did we handle it okay in excellent terms of our, our growth fantastic okay well uh yeah you have to check uh, james potten and amplified out well great well thanks for joining us james it's been really delightful um speaking with you today it's been nice yeah laid back informal honest discussion so yeah thank you very much for your time and graciousness today really appreciate it thanks james right thank you for listening to today's episode of rocket pod if you get a moment and you enjoyed this interview uh, we'd love it if you could jump over to apple podcast leave a quick review we love all your messages it really helps us get exposure to share more inspiring stories and figure out what you our listeners really enjoy couple of takeaways from James's interview I loved and um, James's approach to taking a break taking a step back and reflect on what you really want and spending more time on the question versus the problem you're solving and also really understand that north star so you know when you do achieve your goals you're then you've still got a greater purpose uh, but I think um, the key message here was to bring more balance back in our lives and spend more time with the people that really matter and declutter our work lives as well. And maybe, you know, if you are a leader working with a team, um, allow your team some space to actually um, solve problems on their own and uh, not fly in with the cape to solve the problems for them. So, yeah, really great to have James on with us today. Have an amazing week ahead. We'll see you next time. Take care.